The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football 24-7, and that was the greatest part of, of Chad. Times at times uh, early. Part, I would tell him when we were throwing deep passes, I said, don't wait too long, you know, because I'm going to get away. If you ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know, they, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, dude, it looks like Duke's in a waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us uh, a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy? Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey. I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> I'll have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do it. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to and friends. As you can see, the uh, notorious Bengal Jim is is uh, not here. He's uh, actually down at um, PBS doing. Uh... Oh, there he is. What's up? Oh no, he's driving. Uh oh. I'm good. Mute, mute, mute me. I'll, I'll be on, but I'll be home in a minute. Oh my goodness! Watch the okay. road. This, you know what? This gives me flash. Watch the road, but... Jimmy. This gives me flashbacks to the the guy from to Detroit, the, the crack man, the crack <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, get home safe, Jimmy. Be careful. My son out of drive. <laughs> uh, cut down day. Single Jim is is still super fan, so uh, all is good in in the land of. Uh, Bengal Dim and what's he doing out there? Giving the guys a ride to the airport that didn't make the team, or what? Is he just chauffeuring around, or what's going on? 
you know, speaking of that cut down day, that's, that can't be a fun job to, to no. call, you know, whether it's a veteran or a rookie and say, Hey, you know, love you. I appreciate your time, but uh, unfortunately, you know, you're not going to stick here. Um, I don't know if you guys remember way back when, and um, the hard knocks, they, they went in and showed some of those uh, conversations and hard conversations, I should say, not, uh, not fun to have to do that. And um you know, unfortunately, part of the uh, part of the business. Great news for for some, and uh, not so great news for others. So, uh, Tom, what's uh, what's going on on this Tuesday? Cut down Tuesday. Um, I guess you know, maybe some mild surprises to us fans, but uh, in in reading what's been sort of leaked from what would be the thinking down at Paycor Stadium, not horrific surprises and i guess one thing was the punting competition everything we've been kind of led to believe and it was hinting toward maybe the Bengals were going to make a change go with some youth go with drew chrisman and um, they did not our our veteran uh, another the other local boy kevin huber holds on to the job and, and now says he wants to punt till he's 40 you know everybody wants to be tom brady so but um you know and and really what did kevin huber do wrong this preseason, he, he looked as good as he's ever looked. We know how you know phenomenal he is putting the ball inside the 15 and the 10 yard line. And uh, I think Evan McPherson is very comfortable with him holding. By the same token, I don't think Drew Crispin did a really a thing wrong either. Um, and we may talk about that a little bit later with Pat McAnally. But uh, you know there might have been one minor surprise, but I don't think there were. And it was anything too earth shattering in the decisions today. And everybody keeps in mind this roster will be in flux basically till the end of the week. And some of the guys that we really liked through the preseason, most of them will be on the practice squad. So there'll still be Bengals and you know the attrition of the season will we'll see guys here and there. Anything that stood out to you, Jamie, from uh, today's four PM deadline? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was shocked about the uh, the punting as we've already talked about here, and we we talk a lot in our group chats back and forth. But I I wonder how much of a say, and we I think we mentioned someone mentioned this today in one of our chats is how how much of an influence uh, um, McPherson had on on that decision. So it makes it makes makes you wonder if uh, if there's a if there's a say there. And then a, a lot of people on social media. Um, you know, not liking our choice of backup quarterback. I'm not a big Brandon Allen fan myself, but the uh, I, I I wish I had the link ready for today. But there was a really good article that was posted today. I think on like a Buffalo Bills thing or something. The the role of the backup quarterback is so much more than just stepping in. Uh, you know, for an injured uh, an injured starter. It, a lot of research, a lot of um game planning and a lot of like, I want to say mentorship, but even just uh, um, a connection with the starting quarterback, the back quarterback is on the, <laughs> the back of quarterback is on the sidelines. Yeah, wait, 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 hold on. We're going to pause this segment. Do you want to flex for us, James? I'm not we, flex. We go I am not, there's nothing to flex, bro. There's nothing to flex. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I I'm not a huge fan of Brent Allen, and I don't think the decision is strictly made on um, who's going to replace Joe Burrow if Joe Burrow goes down. It's a lot more than just playing. It's it's the research. It's the uh, 
it's it's the connection and and uh, game planning that goes into it too. And I, I just don't think the rookie quarterbacks have the experience that Brandon Allen has. So not my first pick, but hopefully he doesn't have to play. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's the, that's the closest, Brandon. That's the closest to a flex you're to get right there. And I'll do this. Talking about the, the quarterbacks, I think I heard one interesting tidbit on Sirius XM today. I think 15 teams kept two quarterbacks, 15 teams kept three quarterbacks, and Dallas and Detroit are uh, down to one. Uh, this is going to be the Jamie show. We, John, we don't even have to talk. Let's you just... know what? Just go to a break. I'll put a shirt on, okay? <laughs> Well, the big news is that, you know, keep an eye out since he shirts, if not soon, certainly for the spring of next year, is going to have a special Jamie line. Yeah, but well, it'll, it'll, be really cheap, it'll, be a, it'll be a cheaper shirt because it's missing half the, half the material. <laughs> I don't even know where to go uh, where to go from there. But uh, what is it? This is the last weekend without uh, NFL football, uh, as we know, with the next Thursday night. I don't even know who's in the uh, – the kickoff game, obviously, our game Sunday at one, which yeah. is going to be a, a long week of, of leading up to it. But like you said, certainly the roster cuts were, were made today. What we see today is not the the end all be all. There's a couple guys that um, we're going to see slide to IR. That being um, Britt out of uh, the cornerback out of Wisconsin, and who's the other one? Uh, Kareem, I believe. Are those the two Tom that um, are going to slide to uh, IR? Receivers. Um, yeah, both wide receivers. And like you said, you know, if there's one spot they may be looking at, they may be looking potentially to pick up, a, I think, a veteran corner in addition to eyeing the offensive line. But, you know, one guy that really busted tail, and going back to your first question, not to interrupt you, Alan George made the team. You know, hopefully he's still there because he certainly played very well all preseason, worked his tail off, very intelligent, and, you know, hopefully will be called on to contribute in all the right ways this year. Hopefully teams are putting four and five wide receivers against us because they're behind by several touchdowns in the second half. But he made the team. Uh, and, you know, one thing that still stands out with Zach Taylor, it seems like, you know, by and large, and we're not in there, but everything we read and everything we're told uh, by our friends down there and our friends in the media, the culture of that locker room means a lot to the coaching staff and management. And they seem to keep stocking those type of guys in there. Uh, not just Boy Scouts, but Boy Scouts that are really good football players. You know, one thing we saw a lot on social media today, this is the one-year anniversary of the uh, Billy Price for B.J. Hill trade. Um, unfortunately, Duke couldn't uh, pull that off this year. But um, certainly some interesting cuts out there. We, we've talked about our roster a little bit. We know we still need depth on the, on the offensive line. Alex Leatherwood was a big name that was tossed around. Uh, people saying we also need help at the uh, tight end position. Um, OJ Howard uh, was cut in Buffalo with another interesting name thrown around. Interesting in cut on that. And as he was guaranteed, um, I see our buddy uh, Greg here says he need a, a backup tight end. Greg's not a uh, Drew Sample fan, apparently. But um, interesting that Buffalo front-loaded that contract, gave him $3 million and and cut him. So you wonder what uh, what the particulars were there. Was it a, a, a mental thing? Was it yeah. uh, not showing up? Was it not wanting to block? Was it just wanting to be an offensive guy? Personality. So interesting there. Certainly when you see players cut and, and they have talent, you always – 
second guess, hey, what else was involved in, in that decision making? Sometimes you you never know. Sometimes the, the truth eventually comes out. James, you make a great point uh, on A.J. Howard because the Bills, not only front load, I mean, that was a guaranteed contract. They're on the hook for three. They're paying that guy three million dollars to not play for them. So something's definitely up there. I don't know if it's work ethic, grasp of the playbook, or, or just maybe some young guys that simply outplayed him and they couldn't cut. But, um, it, you know, it's, it's something else to, re- to remind everybody about. With the success of the team last year, right now we're 31st out of 32 teams on the waiver wire. So there are 30 teams that get a crack of everybody before us. So if we're going to sign somebody, I think it's going to be a veteran. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll go a step at a time and, and see what goes on. But the coaching staff certainly seems to be very comfortable with the guys they have. We know our love for the LSU players, obviously, with, uh, with Joe and, and Chase. However, we did see two um, LSU cut players cut today, one being the fourth-round pick, Tyler Shelvin, on the defensive line, who struggled to be active most game days last year. So a lot of time in, in preseason. Part of it may be that it's a different NFL now with uh, everybody throwing the ball all over the field, that big run-stopping, you know, nose tackle, defensive tackle isn't uh, what it was even six years ago. So we saw him gone. Thaddeus Moss, who struggled in the preseason with some uh, holding penalties, another high-profile name that was um, cut. Anybody else you want to touch on for players cut um, today at four? Uh, from us, you know, not really. I, I don't think there were any monster surprises. You know, there were some fan favorites. And, and like I said, I think those guys, if they don't find homes with other NFL teams, will be uh, – they didn't clean their locker out because they'll be back on the practice squad at Paul Brown Stadium. And, you know, we'll see as, as the year goes on. Tyler Shelvin surprises me just from a standpoint that he uh, has not improved in the, in the way he did. Uh, you know, he, he was a little bit all over the board. When the Bengals wanted him, I know there were a couple of reports that the, the Patriots picked not too many selections after us, and Belichick wanted him bad. But you know, we'll have to see. We'll we'll go a little bit at a time. Uh, I like their depth on the defensive line. We'll just we'll certainly know if, if they can play the run uh, in Week One against the Steelers. So Pat McAnally was scheduled to be on. Apparently, there is a, a scheduling conflict there. Um, one of the questions we hope to touch on with him was that um, punting issue. We touched on this briefly before. Um, Kevin didn't do anything to, to lose the job. Obviously, what is it? His next game will be the, the most in Bengals history as, um, as somebody dressed. So that's a, a pretty pretty cool feat for the, for the hometown kid. It'll be interesting to see what happens with um, you know Drew Chrisman. I can remember even when we had our, our buddy Deep Fried uh, Draft on talking about the, the punter situation. Um, and special teams overall, we know the lightning in a bottle we caught with Evan McPherson last year. And then there was this punter out of San Diego State was the, the same thing on, on the punting side. Unfortunately, the, the terrible news that, um, that came out of um, Buffalo this week about his allegations um, from college, they quickly, um, you know, did the right thing and, and, and cut ties with him. So certainly it could be a, a totally different um, ball game there. But um, you Yeah, know, but look for that character. kid to end up in Cleveland. Look for that kid to end up in Cleveland. <laughs> there, was a, there was a meme going around of, um, of them signing him. So, yeah, you, you, you might be right. 
But, um, you know, on a serious note, where does Drew Christman end up? Does he, um, is he back to our practice squad, I believe, which he's eligible to, to be part of? Or does another team scoop him up and, and put him on, the, um, on their 53-man roster? I didn't see the, uh, the final cuts in Buffalo, but I think that's going to be the leading, the leading spot. Would it not be? I didn't see them signing anybody to, to fill that role. There are two spots. I know Denver's looking for a punter. They cut their veteran punter, and then and then Buffalo. So I would think Drew would be very attractive on the waiver wire to both of those. Uh, Denver will be first on the waiver wire if they want to claim him. So, but yeah, he could end up in Denver or Buffalo. And I'll tell you what, in that altitude, with that foot, you know, he'll be kicking seventy yarders from Denver if he goes to Denver. But keep keeping in mind with that though, and, and Jamie, I don't know. Almost talked about this today, but didn't. Um, when when you've got a veteran like Kevin Huber being, you know, and it, it was a very close competition, but when you've got a veteran like like Kevin Huber, I don't think it's enough to just be equally as good or a little bit better. I think you've got to really clearly win that competition mm-hmm. uh, you know, by a lot, and I I don't think that happened. That's again. Nothing against Drew Chrisman, who who had an outstanding offseason and an outstanding preseason, showed us all that he can hold um, for Money Mac. But, you know, he probably just didn't do that, you know, quick enough. And if we're playing in the Super Bowl and we're ahead by two points yep. with a minute left to go, and we're at midfield, who do you want punting for you? So I, I, Kevin Huber. I apologize if I'm bringing this up a second time. I don't know if this – comment made it up yet but our buddy dalton said you know the chemistry between money matt clark harris kevin huber tough one to beat especially with the culture and everything that the the sacks instilled in the players so i agree with you tom like you said if you're going to unseat a veteran like like kevin you need to come out like and be way better not just a close competition so why if it's not broken don't fix it Jimmy, welcome. Hey, Jimmy. Sorry, guys. I had to drop a couple of the guys off the airport. Moss, I had to drop Moss off the airport. <laughs> he needed a ride. So um, uh, I had to bangle bus down there. I had loads of them taking them to the airport. And they weren't, it was, it was, it was not good, brother. So not my bad. I don't mean to joke about that. That's tough for those guys, right? Those guys work their butts off, man. So hopefully these guys, some of these guys can land somewhere, man. They work too hard, um, you know, their whole careers to, to get to this point. So hopefully some of these guys can land somewhere. Well, hopefully someone will be back on our practice squad. You got to like the, the yep. long snapper out of pit, uh, Cal Dominus. I'm not sure how to um, announce his last name. Certainly some of those wide receivers would like to uh, yep. sneak on Lassiter. the um, practice Lassiter squad, for sure. you know, so we'll see what, uh, you know, Prior. we'll see what happens in, in that regard. It's just going to be a fluid situation for the next 48, 72 hours. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I know you guys, <laughs> sorry, I think my, we're all out of order here. I'm sorry for being late, guys. But uh, I did. Did you guys already share the information about Pat not being able to make it? We yes. we did, but Scheduling what's really and what's really engulfed the first part of the segment, Jimmy, that you you've missed is is Jimmy or excuse me, Jamie without any sleeves on his shirt. Oh, I, I was watching. I was watching. All the girls in the, in the chat were were very excited about uh, the fact our Canadian Wonder Boy has uh, no sleeves on his shirt. Yeah, too funny. Yeah, well, it's not winter up here right now, so I can, you know, I can wear this. 
I do, you know, uh, James Rapine uh, should be in a minute. I did uh, text him. He'll be here in a little bit. Pat apologizes for not being here, guys. He feels awful about it. But he did want me to share a couple of stories he shared with me uh, earlier this week. I'm going to try to do the best I can to kind of communicate to you what he was talking about. So he was talking about punting competition back in, he said 1975. It wasn't 100% sure. Jeez. It's, it's going to be like this all show, Jamie. It is, yeah. Uh, gonna, uh, take me off screen. I'll go put a shirt on. <laughs> no, not now. Not now. We're I'm not going to – have you seen James Rapine? The guy's a hey, beast. I don't want to be on a – Matter of fact, I don't want to be on the same the show chicks. with James we might Rapine. Just, we might just keep it like this the rest of the show. Our female James demographics Rapine. are going James to – James Rapine <laughs> actually has muscle. I'm going to – I'm embarrassing myself here. Keep him on full screen right now. Our ratings are just shooting. Yeah, James, you're right, man. Look at these numbers. Uh, you know what we you know one thing i uh, hopefully james is ready maybe we can have like a flex off between uh oh, james and, and, and jamie here tonight got to make that happen got to make that uh, happen it's been but let me let me tell you so this the funny story he had two stories and, and pat was talking about 1975 punting competition four punters uh tom i don't have the names in front of me i can't remember uh, but four punters uh were were on this in this punting competition and during the preseason games and they had at that point six, seven preseason games, something crazy. And he said they were one of the punters. Uh, what was his name, Tom? Tom Dave? Dave Green was, was Dave Green. he was a combination kicker and punter for the Bengals right. for a couple years. So Dave, it was Dave's job, right? He didn't want to lose this job. So they were out in the preseason games, and Pat uh Tiger Johnson and Paul Brown told him to go out. Uh, he was gonna he was gonna punt. Well, Dave Green had already went out there. He's in the huddle with 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 Pat McAfee. He would he refused to leave the huddle. Flag penalty happened three times in one game. Something to that effect. Paul Brown was not a happy camper. Uh, but uh, there were some other things that had, that had happened. But the 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 funniest story that he was was sharing was uh, he didn't want to be a holder for extra points and field goals. Like literally, did not want to. So, Coach Tiger Johnson, I'm assuming, was coaching special teams. Tom at the time, I can't remember. 1975. Paul Brown was still head coach, uh, but uh, he went out there with holding, and he he missed three consecutive snaps for the extra pointer to field goal, and uh, literally he dropped all three. And Coach Tiger Johnson said, "I thought you had good hands," and he said, "I just can't catch on one knee, Coach." And Coach Tiger Johnson just said, "Don't worry about it. You don't have to. You don't have to hold anymore." It wasn't that he missed those on accident. He did that on purpose so he didn't have to hold. He did, he just did not want to do that. So uh, he would have told those stories way better. But uh, this dude had me cracking up earlier this week, all the stories he was sharing on that stuff. In this day and age, we know how important that that holding is. Obviously, that was one of the, the things that came down in the, in the final decision-making. Not that Drew botched any uh, extra points or, or field goals in the preseason, but um, that was certainly a, a big discussion. If you remember back uh, – couple of weeks when we had the um, the uh, the Willie Anderson uh, reunion there I think Shane Graham was the one that that brought it up of you know there's a lot less punting now the going for longer field goals especially when you have somebody like um, Evan McPherson on your team so being able to uh, to get that um, ball down for for Evan to kick three is important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's just pull up AJ's comments. We haven't had a Jamie comment in here. 
Brad Pitt comparison, Jamie, tonight? What the hell's going on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I mentally prepare for the show every week, but I don't think about my wardrobe. So I'm going to have to start thinking about that before I come on the air. Hey, we, could t- we could tell, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're just. Hey, if you have a question right now, just just pop it up. We're gonna we're gonna. This is like questions with us, Jimmy. Is this a new hat? It's it's absolutely not. This is the old hat, Tony. It's still old. It's the old one. I, I don't like the new one. My sister made more for me. She, she's making some new ones. Speaking but, of speaking of Tony and your sister, she came down with like real whiskers. Yeah, she literally Saturday. had whiskers. I think she super glued them to her face, though. I don't know how she – I think she just ripped her skin off when she got home. I don't know. But she had whiskers. Literally. Have we sure. have we talked about uh, the uh, the big news, uh, guys, uh, on a tailgate, the, the we 30 haven't. years? We waited, we waited for you to come on because we thought that was something that you should uh, you should definitely be talking about. Uh, anybody, one of us could have done I, I wasn't even sure if I missed that. But, guys, I – uh, I can tell you right now, man, I, I this tailgate thing in 1993 started with a charcoal grill and a, a cooler uh, full of beers with a bunch of buddy of mine, buddies of mine. From that day to what it has become, uh, the platform now that we have with this podcast that you guys are watching, uh, the tailgate, um, what it has done for you know the charities that you guys have been able to, to help with has been absolutely unbelievable, something we never would have thought happened. But this year... Uh, is our 30th anniversary uh, of that tailgate. 30 years, every game, not missing a tailgate. 30 consecutive years, even through COVID, uh, we had that lot, uh, James, if you remember, uh, down there on Pete Rose Way, uh, that was 100 parking spots. We pre-sold 40 spots. We spaced everybody out with a jumbotron. The game's going on. Joe Burrow's first start. We couldn't get in that stadium, but we still did a tailgate. So uh, it's amazing what this tailgate has done and what it's become. And I'm just going to tell you, give you a sneak peek. There's some things going to be happening this year uh, that are going to be unbelievable. So over the next probably six to eight days, you're going to see a bunch of new stuff posted on social media, kind of let you know who to expect at the tailgate, uh, what things are going on at the tailgate. So I can't go any further than that, but we will we'll be sharing some new stuff here coming up with everybody. And that, as you said, that's been a progression of the tailgate, whether it was a COVID year and, and the uh, private lot, whether it was lot D, and then the, the changes that were made to the amphitheater to where we're now in, in, in lot E. It's, uh, it's grown. People have come and gone. But the one thing that's been uh, been there is you, Bengal Jim, so congratulations. Set next to yeah, hey, Bengal Lauren, I remember that. I remember that. We sat there drinking some beers, watching that big Jumbotron uh, for that opening uh uh, Joe Burrow's first game. I'll never forget that. That was a, a great time. So not so, only we had the video up there, but I think we had the the audio from um, the, the radio broadcast. I think it was, it was Dan and Lap from uh, for that game. So right, a lot of fun and uh, kudos to you for because let's be honest, there was some some thin years there where it wasn't people you know going to the games, let alone tailgating. So sticking it out through. Uh, through thick and thin. Heck, we got people that are watching tonight that aren't even 30 years old. So uh, kudos to you for uh, for doing that for 30 years. And we'll have, uh... Derek, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Derek. That's pretty good. Uh, from Super <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, see, that's why we need to guess every second of the show. It gets out of control. Uh, uh, hey, the fans drive the show. They see what they see. 
Uh, if there's anybody out up in Canada that can suggest or recommend a place that has box springs for Jamie uh, and, a, and a frame for his bed, just just if you okay. well, you're not seeing is I do have a bed frame and it, 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 whatever it doesn't matter. I'm going to be in the office <laughs> next week. I'll be in the office next. I'll be in the office next week. Hey guys, I'll be back um, to my green screen setup. Hey James, James, you want to talk about? I think uh, Caleb uh, put the the new. I, there should I think there was a post earlier today from the Cincinnati Bengals on the new practice bubble. You want to go ahead and drive that conversation, James? Yeah, Caleb, if you don't mind uh, popping that there. up. So, so thank you to uh, Caleb for all his hard work behind the scenes. But you know, this is something that uh, the Bengals, quite frankly, have been slammed um, in the media for 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 years for. You know, why don't they have the investment of or make the investment of, of having a, a, a practice bubble? Why, you know, some high schools have them and we don't. You know, why do they have to go to UC to do it? So I think this is just the, the step in the next direction of, of a lot of the changes that we've seen Elizabeth bring to the Bengals. And kudos to them for that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure it made much of a difference in the, in the win-loss column, but now, if the, if the players are a little more comfortable when it comes December and January and we're, and we're getting ready for a Super Bowl, awesome. Um, so here we are, and um, you just start to see progressions. I know, Jimmy, you posted some on, on Twitter. You know, you saw the, the lot being cleared. You saw the foundation around it. Now we see the, the green turf laid, and then it was the line um, stripe. And then it was the tiger stripes um, in the end zone. So, you know, great news. It's here. Um, what is it, people like uh, – Who's the uh, who's the punter from from Indianapolis that was you know giving the Bengals a hard time? Tom, who am I thinking of? Pat. Uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. We got to get uh, his ass. We got to get his ass down here for a tailgate, man. So I, you know it, it's here. So you know again, this is from the Ring of Honor to the to the practice bubble to all these little things that you know Elizabeth spearheaded and, and the rest of the uh, Brown and Blackburn family. Kudos to uh, kudos to well, them and. Uh, you know, come wintertime, they'll, they'll be sitting in the toasty bubble. I think with that, you know, we were just talking about the, you know, the culture in the locker room, the winning culture in the locker room, doing every every guy down there doing everything they can to win. And the same with the coaching staff. Uh, you know, it shows that upstairs they want to do that too. No stone being left unturned to, to show the class of the organization. They've embraced the history of the organization with the ring of honor and doing everything possible to let the team win. And if, if that means, you know, uh, an indoor practice facility, then we'll get a new one and it'll be the best. So, you know, again, congratulations to the Bengals for that. One thing though with that, and this is, it caused some debate and then it kind of died down. And this is a, a friend of the show, a former guest, Bengals Mike Cart uh, was cut the other week. He's been replaced by Odium. And that kind of happened quietly but it was noted in certain media circles. And we'll, uh, Mr. Cart is a big fan of the show. He might be watching. So if, if he'd like to log in and, and uh, address his feelings on it, I don't know if he's got another role within the organization or he was just completely let go. But, you know, uh, Tom, we got to ask our, our buddy Beerfest Craig about that because, you remember, we made uh, a debut of, of the Bengals cart at, yeah. at a tailgate. Craig right. was serving – Bengal bombs off the uh, the Bengals card, so you know maybe we can sign him to a contract at, at, at Bengal gyms and have him part of uh, the the tailgate every every Sunday and, and serve Bengal bombs off him. 
What do you think? Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, James Rapine said he's getting ready to log on right now. Before James comes on, uh, can't go into a whole lot of details, guys. But you guys are obviously just—we were just talking about the uh, the practice facility. Just came uh, came back from Paul Brown Stadium. The reason I was late, can't get into a whole lot of detail, but I can tell you right now, when you go into Paul Brown Stadium on September 11th, there's a lot of new things up in and around the stadium that weren't there for the first two preseason games. Uh, so it's going to take a long time to start calling this thing Paycor Stadium, isn't it? It's, Did I say Paul Brown again? Twice. That's okay, but it's going to take forever. It's gonna, <laughs> will, it, will we ever call it that? I don't know. It's going to take. Yeah, a long it's like time. remember the old Riverfront. I don't. I, yeah. I could never call it Synergy Field. I just couldn't do it. So, yeah. but there's a lot of new things up in and around the stadium, uh, Paycor Stadium, uh, that uh, that was not there. After was not there uh, for. Uh, the two first two preseason games. We just talked about the Mike Kurt. Tom just brought up. Um, this Saturday, we're doing some uh, tailgate prep, and I've already started cleaning out the garage a little bit. And lo and behold, in the corner of the garage, the Mike Kurt is still in uh, still in my garage. So we're probably going to bring the Mike Kurt down, James, and and, and put the, the Bengal bombs on the Mike Kurt and serve those. Let Craig run around serving Bengal bombs. Well, if Green ever, ever makes it to a tailgate, he's going to have to do a, uh, a Bengal bomb for us. So. But James Rapine has does not have a tank top on like Jamie, so I don't know if the if the flex flex off is going to happen. But oh, it's going I guarantee to happen. you, he will have uh, lots of information about cut down day. You ready to bring him on? Let's go. Let's go, Mister Rapine. What's going on, big dog? How you doing? Well, there won't be any flex offs, so don't worry. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, unless unless you know Jamie wants to, that's fine. No, yeah, I'm good. Win. I, I, I've already conceded victory to you. So it's fine. Uh, as far as the Bengal bombs, well, I, I'd be happy to to do plenty. Probably not at the tailgate because it's before no, the game. No. But, no. but, but yeah, plenty, plenty any other time. You know, maybe yeah. the night before a game, I could do. Yeah. that. I think uh, somebody posted a picture, James, of you and I, and it looked like maybe you had a few too many that night. Maybe, maybe it was me had a few too many, but it was a good picture. I need to share it with you, but. I think it was that night down at the Blind Pig. Maybe I don't even remember at this point. Maybe it was the uh, the Holy Grail. I don't know. No, it was the it, it, they tagged us on social media. Yeah, right? that was um, that was the Coolio. We were on stage. I oh Lord, that. yeah. So yeah. you you had too many. I still remember that. Even though I, had, <laughs> I, I, I had plenty. I got pictures and video, James. <laughs> that was well, hey, everybody. Uh, James repeat uh, like. Absolutely media legend. This guy's like building a an empire right now uh, with everything he's doing. Uh, locked on Bengals. Uh, James is just one of the best guys. Been around a long time. And uh, this dude, what is that face? What the hell is that? Uh, oh, but, that's uh, a good one right there. Look at that. <laughs> Look at Caleb's just got everything behind the scenes. Yeah. Look at Caleb. That that last picture looked like it was on a Nokia phone. I don't know who took that photo, but yeah. <laughs> it's all pixelated. But everybody that's watching right now, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, uh, and obviously the folks that are, are listening live or that will be listening on the pod, uh, James taking time today tonight with us. Uh, this guy has had a busy, busy week, and today I don't think he went to bed last night. Uh, he's been doing all the, you know, the cut down day. But this guy's been working his ass off. So uh, James, we appreciate you being on with us, buddy. Of course, no, thanks yep. for having me. It's it's been exciting. You're right. It's been busy, but. Uh... It's a good busy. It's always good to be busy during football season yeah. for sure. So, I'm, so no complaints on my end. All the viewers right now as you're you're watching, any questions you have for James, make sure you you put them in and we'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, so we appreciate you doing that. 
So Tom, we'll let you kick this off with James. We have so much stuff to ask him and, and uh, to get to. James, uh, you know, has been remarked and we've all kind of known and gotten used to. Even though it's cut down day, the roster is very fluid. There are still going to be guys going, coming, coming back, coming back to the practice squad. Of the guys on the 53-man roster now and how it's set up, what are the Bengals looking at on the waiver wire, which is tough because they're 31 or 32, or what veteran free agents who are not waived, they can just straight up sign, what position groups do you think they're still hunting? Well, it begins and ends with the offensive line, right? I, I certainly hope that that's what they're looking at. You know, I mean, that's the, you know, it's been the talk of the past five years. I mean, we were doing our, our chat earlier on Joe's show and someone was bringing up, you know, oh, well, they traded court for Cordy Glenn and they traded down and that cost them Frank Rag now and, you know, all these things. So we've been talking about offensive line for a half a decade and, and it causing issues. So on the surface, this starting offensive line should be good, but the depth is certainly a question mark. Does anyone feel great about Jackson Carmen after what we saw in the preseason? Anybody feel great about, you know, Deontay Smith and his development? I actually feel pretty good about Trey Hill. I thought he looked good uh, throughout the, uh, the the exhibition season and, and through camp. So there are certain guys that have flashed, but you can't have enough of them. And I, I think that they certainly want to look at, uh, you know, the guard spot, maybe the tackle spot. And, and there are some guys out there. I don't know if you want me to name names or not. There are some guys out there, though, that I, I think that they'll at least have a conversation about for sure. Yeah, Andy, along that. Uh, hey, James, James, I'm sorry. Let me real, I'm sorry, James, James. On this next thing, so I just want to make sure that all of our viewers really know know who James Rapine is. There's people that don't don't know who you are, James. Um, so Andrew. Oh. Uh, so that. <laughs> of course, Andrew's the one. Of course, Andrew's the one, right? Uh, well, Andrew, I, I appreciate the question. Um, <laughs> I cover the Bengals for SI AllBengals.com, the Locked On Bengals podcast daily. In Cincinnati Bengals talk here on YouTube. Andrew, something tells me you're really going to like the Cincinnati Bengals talk stuff, so make sure you check that out. That was perfect. That was awesome. <laughs> my, my bad, James. Go ahead. No, no, all good. So going back to the um, the, offensive, the offensive line, we saw first-round draft pick Alex Leatherwood get cut after one year in Los, Angeles, or in Las Vegas. There were some rumors going around prior to today at four o'clock that maybe Jackson Carmen, who we invested a second round pick in last year as well, was mm. maybe on the chopping block. Was that just internet fluff or was there any truth to that, knowing how soft or not lack of depth on that offensive line? Yeah, I don't think there was ever really a, a realistic scenario where they were going to part ways with Jackson Carmen. You know, did I, you know, Discuss the idea. Yeah, sure. I mean, think about it. Last year, Michael Jordan was the starting left guard in, 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 to start the preseason or start training camp rather with the ones, and he didn't end up on that, you know, the final roster. But with Carmen, he's still 22 years old, and they, they do like his traits, right? It's and it's not like it's 50 bad reps. It's seven bad reps out of 50, but those reps are awful and they stand out. And so he needs to be more consistent. And that's what the coaching staff has said. So, no, I'm not surprised that they didn't, uh, you know, part ways with him, so to speak. I mean, they, they made it through, you know, three years with Billy Price that was up and down, four years with John Ross that was up and down. Even if they get picks wrong, they try to get the most out of those guys. As far as a guy like Alex Leatherwood goes, it makes sense, but you can't claim him. And I don't think he's going to get claimed. There's like a, a six million, six million dollars or so in guarantees over the next three years if they did claim him. 
And look, he's the 17th overall pick from a year ago. There should be some guaranteed money. I think all 31 other teams, not the Raiders, of course, all 31 other teams are going to say, nope, we're not claiming him. We'll let him become an unrestricted free agent, and then we'll have a conversation. And I think that's when the Bengals should have a conversation because he's a 23-year-old, former first rounder that should have been a second rounder, kind of like Carmen. Carmen should have been a third rounder. That's where he was, and the Bengals took him in the second. Leatherwood should have been a second rounder, and the Raiders took him in the middle of the first. And it was a reach at the time, and it certainly feels that way now. But tested like an elite guard, the Raiders used him a lot at tackle. Maybe you bring him in here, and you just try to play him at guard and get him some reps at guard. And it really depends on a few things. One, do the Bengals, how did they evaluate him pre-draft in 2021 when he was the 17th overall pick? Two, do they feel comfortable with him essentially getting cut by the Raiders after a year? Yeah, it's, it's tough for a first-round pick to do. And then three, where do they want to play and where do they envision him? Is he willing to, to come for you know a league minimum type deal, one-year type prove-it deal? Because I think that's what he would have to take to kind of reestablish you know, his, his credibility, reestablish his – uh, his chances of having a successful NFL career. So I wouldn't shut the door on it. I don't think any team's going to claim him, but the Bengals should certainly have a conversation if he does go and claim. James, help, help the fans understand. I think there's a lot of confusion on social media. So the Bengals, so somebody gets waived. The mm-hmm. Bengals are the 31st, basically 30, 30 other teams have to go through that, that particular waiver before the Bengals even get to them, right? Can you help uh, people understand that a little better? Yeah, so waivers are... As of now, teams are starting to put in their you know waiver claims if they see a guy, right? So let's just use Alex Leatherwood again. I don't think he's going to get claimed. Actually, you know what? Let's go. Let's let's hit Bengals fans where it hurts. Let, let's go with Kendrick Pryor, right? Because everyone thinks Kendrick Pryor is going to get claimed. I think it's probably 50-50 whether or not he gets claimed, and I could totally see him being on the practice squad. But if a team decides they want Kendrick Pryor, well, they put in a claim, and the team with the highest claim. In, in the hottest, uh, the highest waiver priority gets that player. So it's based on record from last season because there's no records yet. It hasn't reset. So the Bengals, well, they were the AFC champions. They were the second best team in the NFL. They're 31st. So the odds of them being awarded anybody on waivers, it really means that 30 other teams have to pass on that guy, which is possible, no doubt about it. But, uh, that is much less likely this year than it was, say, a year ago when the Bengals had the fifth, uh, and they were fifth in waiver priority going into the season. Got it. Tom? Yeah, James, you mentioned uh, some other names, but on the flip side, the defense, mm-hmm. do you see them looking for anything special? Tyler Shelvin was let go mm-hmm. today. They're always on the hunt for pan. Tom's breaking up there. Uh, yeah, like I, I know where he was going, though. It's all right. Yeah, I, I think I do. I think defense is in play, Tom, um, in a couple spots. First one, you're right. The, the interior of that defensive line, they have four interior defensive linemen right now, and it's uh, it's kind of thin. You know, there's big guys in the middle kind of thing. You got DJ Reader, Josh Tupo, um, and then BJ Hill, and who am I missing? I'm missing the – oh, Zach Carter, of course, the third right. rounder, who flashed this preseason, is going to have a role. But, yeah, you get Tyler Shelvin out of there and you look and, yeah, you can move Cam Sample inside. You can move Joseph Osai or Sam Hubbard inside at times from that defensive end spot. But you don't have a true 
true three tech, even though Hill's going to take some of those spots or some of those snaps. So, yeah, I do. I think that they could certainly go that route and add a defensive lineman, specifically on the interior. You certainly can't have enough edge rushers. And then the other spot, and I think it's a really cool story, Alan George making the team, but we saw last year, Lou Anarumo, former defensive backs coach, this team isn't going to be afraid to claim a cornerback they like. Trey Flowers, when he was released by the Seahawks, everyone's like, ah, oh, Trey Flowers can't cover, and he's been bad, and Lou Anarumo, excited to get him. They get him, and guess what? He's played great all preseason long, all training camp long. I think he looks really, really good. Uh, and, and Cam Taylor Britt getting, uh, you know, having that core muscle surgery kind of opened the door for Flowers to show what he can do as a corner. And obviously, last year we saw what he did against opposing tight ends. So, wouldn't shock me at all if they look at a corner potentially, or, or certainly try to to boost that defensive line. Those are the two spots I would think on defense they'd be on the hunt for. Right. Another name that uh, position that's been talked about on, on social media and amongst fans is that tight end position. I think Hayden Hurst has had a good preseason. They like what they've seen from him. You know, behind him's true sample, which again, somebody else that was drafted in the second round that maybe hasn't lived up to the expectations we thought. Uh, we keep hearing the name O.J. Howard uh, thrown out. What about that tight end position? Is O.J. Howard uh, possibly in play? I think he could be. There, there are some question marks there, right? You know, so he's coming off of the uh, torn Achilles from two years ago. Now, played for the Bucks a bit last year, and then obviously went through camp and preseason with the Bills. Does he have any juice left? Because he was this freak athlete coming out of the 2017 draft. Oh my goodness! I, everyone's OJ Howard. OJ Howard. He can run so fast and jump so high. And you know, I, I didn't buy into it as much because he wasn't as productive at Alabama as. A freakish athlete should be if you're you're playing tight end but is he able to do what you want as a blocker i think so is he able to contribute on special teams i think so is he athletic enough and is he a good enough of a pass catcher to do something at tight end in this offense if you need him to and the answer to all of those i think is yes so it's going to come down to a couple of things one why did the Bills say we're going to pay you three million dollars as a contending team, by the way, $3 million to go home and go play for somebody else. That's kind of weird. But if you get past that, could he be your third tight end? Do I feel okay with OJ Howard behind Drew Sample and, and, and behind Hayden Hurst, of course? I do, because I, I think that Hurst is obviously this pass-catching, dominant, playmaking type tight end that's going to catch a bunch of – run a bunch of seam routes and catch a bunch of passes and, and be pretty good in this offense. Drew Sample's a great blocker. I think Howard can kind of be the in-between because I don't think he's got the juice Hurst has after you know that torn Achilles that he suffered. And I don't necessarily think he's the blocker that Sample is, but he might be a little bit of both. And and that's what you're hoping Mitch Wilcox is anyways. So yeah, if if, if Howard's willing to come here for you know a veteran minimum type deal after making three million from the Bills to play zero snaps, <laughs> I I would be interested for sure. Uh, James, do we want to get Jamie? Do you want to go to? You have a sure. question, or any, you have viewer questions yeah. too? Yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about this before you came on the air, but Jennifer's mm -hmm. asking what your thoughts are on keeping Brandon Allen over Jake Browning. We we talked um, earlier in the show that there's a lot more to the backup quarterback position than, than just playing if the uh, starting quarterbacks hurt. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, let's start with the playing part. I think people are just bored of Brandon Allen 
and they like the flashy new toy in, in Jake Browning when Brandon Allen's one who's actually done it in real games that matter. Mm-hmm. Brandon Allen went into Houston and beat Deshaun Watson with a bad Bengals roster. And it was a bad Texans team. But again, say that out loud. Brandon Allen went into Houston and beat Deshaun Watson in one of Watson's last starts for the Texans. Um, you know, that the dime to T. Higgins that he threw in the corner of the end zone was just insane. It was one of T. Higgins' best catches, and it was probably Brandon Allen's best throw of his career. But really, it was the Giants game, I think, where people were like, man, Brandon Allen just isn't it. He finished 14 of 20. He's completing 70% of his passes. Did he overthrow Stanley Morgan Jr. on a potential touchdown? He did. He missed that throw, no doubt about it. Were there a couple times where those those comeback routes, he was – the timing was off with him and his receiver. That's what it is. When the, the ball sails out of bounds and the receiver's coming out of his break, sometimes it just looks like the throw is really bad. Sometimes the timing is just a little off. And I feel like it was a timing thing more than anything where him and his receiver were just on different pages, and he still completed 70% of his passes. I thought he played really well the other night against the Rams. And so that's the thing is if Jake Browning or Brandon Allen had to start half the season, that's a big problem anyways. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, But I think the Bengals coaching staff feels confident that if it's a month, if you have to go a month with Brandon Allen, he can go two and two and keep you afloat. And Jake Browning got a bunch of great reps. He hadn't played much even in the preseason in, in his NFL career. So I think it was good for him. I, I, I'm hopeful, and I know they're hopeful that he'll end up on the practice squad. But even without all that backup quarterback responsibility, his relationship with Joe, and people know that his relationship with Burrow, how comfortable they are with him in the room as a backup, all of those things. Take all of that out. I don't think Brandon Allen did anything to, to lose the job uh, as far as his play goes, and I think that matters as much as anything. So I, I know there's been a lot of fans on the you know the anti-Brandon Allen train. Uh, I'm not in that, that camp at all. I thought he played pretty well this preseason, and I, I think they made the right call. I think you're right. People might people get bored, right? They all want the new shiny toy. That's a great way to put it. And I like toys too. You know, I just, <laughs> I'm not worried about backup quarterback as much right now. Right, right. Um, I got one more. I guess we'll throw up here. Um, sure. You might have already sort of answered this earlier, but what was your biggest surprise cut if you had any? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the Drew Chrisman lo- losing yeah. to to Kevin Huber is certainly a surprise. I, I don't know if it's a big surprise but it's certainly a surprise um the mike thomas one but the only reason it's a surprise it's obviously temporary um is because i it it was them too really i've I've been going back and forth with Bengals fans i'm like brandon allen's making this team mike thomas is making this team and it's hilarious once mike thomas found out they found out that mike thomas uh got got released and he's a vested veteran he'll be back in two days uh maybe even tomorrow we'll see but uh the the funny part about it was a few people tweeted me like Mike Thomas got cut and I'm like well not really um, but no there there wasn't there wasn't many surprises right I I think the Chrisman one is a, is a little bit but it's really a testament to this roster like who who was really battling for a, a spot of significance right there there just wasn't much like going into camp we were talking about the sixth wide receiver or we were talking about the punter battle. The long snapper battle wasn't even a, a battle because we knew from really, it just seemed like Clark Harris it was his job to lose. And you looked at the preseason games and it seemed that way and he didn't lose it because he played great. So there just, there weren't many battles uh, to be won by young guys or newcomers. And that's uh, 
that's a testament to Duke Tobin and the rest of this Bengals organization because I think it's a, a really damn good roster. And I can't think of a time where it was kind of this, uh, you know, anticlimactic on cutdown day. I mean, wh- what are we talking about here? Undrafted guys at receiver getting cut. That happens across the league. Guys that impressed in preseason, uh, you know, at, at the receiver position. The Lions cut a guy who did that. The Rams cut some guys that did that. That happens. And so hopefully those guys can come back on the practice squad. But, yeah, there weren't many surprises today. I'd say that. Hey, James, go back to the scrimmage. I'm sorry, the uh, the practice with the Rams. Uh, it sounded yeah. like that first day uh, practice was kind of like nothing happened, very boring, uh, you know, no no uh, trash talking or anything like that. Then mm-hmm. day two, uh, things go wild, Aaron Donald swinging helmets. Uh, my question to you really is one's kind of half jokingly, but I wanted to get your impression of that particular practice. And I want to know who in the hell put Aaron Donald on his ass? Was it Volson? Oh, I, I don't know exactly who. I could try to check the film again. I I, I heard Karis, right, okay. which would make a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, Volson, I think Volson was the one that got hit with one of the helmets. He still had his helmet on. Um, I'll say this, man. You know, Cordell Volson's a big dude. And, and North Dakota State and, and the stuff that he was brought up to – I won't want to mess with the guy, even if I'm Aaron Donald. Like, and I get it. Aaron Donald's got the grown man strength. Cordell Volson's just 24 years old. Uh, that's not the tree I'm barking up. Ted Karras, the same. You know, Ted Karras is cut from that. You know, he's, th- what, 30 years old, 29 years old. So he's right. d- fully developed in the NFL, much like Donald. Um, but, no, I, I, uh, I'm i not sure who, who threw him now. But, yeah, you could feel the intensity in that practice building up and low Collins got into it a couple of times with Leonard Floyd and you could feel it. I didn't necessarily anticipate that the helmet swinging incident necessarily, as far as a fight goes, I think that that happens when you're practicing there, there aren't any penalties. There's no penalty for doing that, right? You're in a practice. So it's like if you're at the ball field or on the basketball court or whatever, and you're that competitive. It's two teams that expect to be back in Super Bowl 57. That was the fun part about last week for me is I, I've covered joint practice before in 2016. It was Bengals Vikings. And those were good teams, right? You know, they were expecting to be pretty good that year, but it wasn't like this. I mean, this was Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. This was Aaron Donald versus the interior of this Bengals offensive line. This was Joe Burrow throwing to T Higgins. And, you know, it's just all these stars, Joe Mixon running behind Cordell Volson. You know, it's uh, it, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I think both teams are really, really good. And I think they got much better from practicing against each other for a few days, even though that fight and scuffle kind of stole the headlines. Got it. I think uh, we'll, Tom, we'll keep you with a couple more questions. Question. I think Tom, Tom has a question for you, James. Yeah, yeah James, jump, jumping ahead a week yeah. after the roster gets settled and everything else. How does the 2022 Cincinnati Bengals match up against the healthy 2022 and very grumpy Pittsburgh Steelers in week one? I think the Steelers are are better than some believe they are. And so for one, is it if it does it matter if it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett? Not really. I think they want to run the ball, play great defense, make a couple plays on the outside, and that's kind of their blueprint. For the Bengals, <clears throat> this this offensive line, that's kind of the key for me. How do they handle TJ Watt? How do they handle that interior for the Steelers? You know, uh, Edwards, you know, all these guys that they have to deal with. Um, and, and so that part, 
is is going to be tough. Um, and, and so, and, and not Edwards, Cam. Um, what's his name? The the defensive tackle for the Steelers. Anyway, we, forgot we his don't name. know. Hayward. We don't know any of the players. Cam Hayward. That team, yeah. Hayward. Yeah, Cam Hayward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how does Cordell Volson? Because that's what I would do. I would try to isolate Cordell Volson and Cam Hayward and and try to make the most of that matchup at least early if you're the Steelers. So that's the part. Lel Collins, he's going to see a lot of T.J. Watt. But if you keep Burrow upright, uh-huh. the, that secondary, as good as it is, and that defense as good as it is, they're not going to be able to keep up with this Bengals offense. They're just not. In the Bengals' defense, guess what they're built to do? They're built to stop the run. They are good at stopping the run, and that's what this team is going to want to do. And uh, I'll say this. If I'm the Steelers, I would try to kind of switch gears from last year, try to – push the ball down the field early and try to catch the Bengals off guard. I don't know if they'll do that because they have a bad offensive line. And so this could be a Trey Hendrickson game, a DJ reader, BJ Hill game. Maybe you see a little Zach Carter in his debut. So I, I think it's uh, it's going to be a fun one. The Bengals, I, I think, are, have the better quarterback, have more weapons, and maybe aren't as good on defense on paper, but they're close. So it uh, it, it should be a fun one. So, James, I have one more question before we get, get you out of here, man. It means a lot you being with us. I know all the work yeah. you yeah. put a lot of stuff. But let's just talk about the season in general. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to preface this by saying the offensive <coughs> line stays healthy. Where do you see the Bengals going this year if that offensive line stays healthy all year? I mean. Best case scenario. Come on. Do, do, I mean, I'll see you in Phoenix, right? I mean, if, 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 if the it, well, if the offensive line stays healthy and they're as good as people – think they can be are you gonna doubt joe burrow are you gonna doubt jamar chase i remember sitting at sofi stadium a minute and a half to go or whatever it was the rams had just taken the lead and joe burrow hit jamar chase on the far sideline from the press box for a first down jamar scoots up the sideline against jalen rams and i'm like a first year receiver this rookie receiver and this second year quarterback they're gonna freaking do it like no moment is too big for them. And that's just, that's how I feel. Like a lot of these guys are cut from the same cloth. I feel like T Higgins is that way. I think Joe Mixon has kind of embraced that and, and become that because of what these guys have meant to this organization and, and how they've changed this organization. Dax Hill, uh, from talking to him, the first time I talked to him in a one-on-one interview, I'm like, oh, he, He's got it. Like he's got whatever that is, the the it part that Jamar brought and Joe brought and, and T brought and these guys brought, they got it. So when I look at it, yeah, I mean, if this off, even if the defense isn't as good as they were last year, and I think they have a shot to be better, if this offensive line stays healthy and is, let's say, 15th or 12th in the NFL, then I think Joe Burrow is going to throw for 5,000. I think Mixon's going to have a career year. I think he might throw, you know, Burrow might throw for 40 touchdowns. He, he already had the franchise record last year. He might break his own record this year. It, so it, I, I think they, look, they should be really, really good if that happens. Now, do you need some luck in the playoffs? Absolutely. Everybody does. But uh, they'll certainly be in the conversation and be one of the, the most fun teams to watch week in, week out. If, if this offensive line can hold up its end of the bargain. Yeah, I'm with you, James. And it's interesting to me. I mean, everybody likes to talk about the, you know, the, the receivers and Joe Burrow. But this mm-hmm. new offensive line, these boys can run block, dude. They they get it. They get after it, man. So Joe Mixon, yep. Joe Mixon should be primed for a great year as well. Yeah, and that's the thing is that right side. I mean, Kappa Collins, those dudes knocked the, the, the mouthpieces out of guys, right? And so, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that – they can be 
he might not get more touches, but they can be more efficient, more efficient on third and one, more efficient on fourth and one, more efficient on second and three, which was a thorn in their side too last year. And if you can run behind those guys consistently and just let Joe Mixon get a yard past the line of scrimmage without having to cut or without having to get touched, and not two yards behind the line of scrimmage, a yard past it then he's going to average four and a half, four point eight 4.8 a carry or something. And, and so he may only get 250 carries, but he's going to be much more effective. He's going to have more yards, and it's going to open up the deep passing game because that's the thing too. If you're opposing defenses, you're going to want to take away those deep balls early in the year, and the way to counteract that, at least one way, would be some, some run game with Joe Mixon, which could open up the play action, which could do a whole lot of different things. But it, it does start with those boys up front and that offensive line. Yep, I'm with you. Well, James, we'll let you go. I, I do have a, a uh, James, Jamie or Caleb, whoever is producing right now. I'm sorry. If you could put James on full screen, I have a question for James. Oh, uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, so if there was one thing, if I, if somebody gave you a Cincinnati Bengals helmet to put behind you, what would you replace? Would you replace Tom Brady picture or the Kobe book? What would you do? <laughs> Come on. Put, put uh, what would I replace if if you gave me a Bengals helmet? Um, which one would it I don't be? Know. I, 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 there's Spider probably Man, a space. maybe. No, there, there's a Spider. Come on now, Spider Man <laughs> is the greatest well, superhero. You, but you got I, the comic book and thing. It, it would probably go right here. Okay, like. In, in, okay, okay, just right, right here. These two could go. It'd be right next to Tom. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, maybe it, you know. Um, Dwayne like Wade's right here, by the way. Dwayne Wade's right here. He goes unnoticed because I got a big head. Yeah, you do. That's true. Uh, so that that's the part too. Um, yeah, I, I I like the idea of that. I, I okay. and I look. We'll we'll get a little. I, I have some stuff. I've actually had uh, some Bengals fans send me some things. I'm working on it. Um, well, I got this to, for to get you. Get a couple things here. I got this for no. you if you want it. This is yours. No, you don't. You, you don't got it. No, you don't. What? If somebody were to give this to you, I just want to make sure it's in your backdrop. But this is yours. I'm dead serious. I'll text you after we're done. I'll drop it off to you. Uh, your next next time you're on anywhere, uh, this has got to be in the backdrop. You just have to wear it the, the whole interview, James. You got to wear it. <laughs> I just got to wear it. You got to wear it. You got to wear it in a press box too. I'm just saying. Nah, you don't got to give me that, Jim. Nope, you're too nope, good nope. to me. Man. It's you got you. Yeah, he's. Bengal Jim's gonna sign it too. So just yes. so you know, it's, he's got the silver sharpie out. Stop. It's it. gonna be a thing. Dude, James, look, man, it, it's we always love having you on. I think you're one of the best, man, and we appreciate uh, being on with us. And, sure. and I know you got a lot of stuff going on, man. And I, I know you just came from a Goodberry's uh, show, which is a hell of a guy. But uh, we we love. Thanks, thanks so much for being on with us, with us, buddy. Of course, no, fellas, I appreciate you having me, Jim. Uh, I, I swear you don't have to give me that helmet. It's okay. No, it's you, yours, you brother. It's part of your gear. I'll be texting you afterwards, brother. I'll get it to you. The only thing we ask, we'll give you an opportunity next time to get about 100 push-ups in before we do the flex-off of you and Dave. Oh, I mean, if we were doing a push-up contest, well, <laughs> Canada, Canada James doesn't want those problems. He's got better shot in the flex-off. So, you know, I, I'll just be honest there. We don't need to do that. Uh, come on, we, got, we got to do this once. Come on, Jamie and James. Come on. Oh, my on. God. He, he won't do it, James. He won't do it. Nah, not, not my, I don't know about you, James. It's not my contract. <laughs> James, oh, we appreciate it, buddy. Maybe uh, after a few bangle bombs, I'm good for now. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>
We'll see you, big thanks, dog. Thanks again. See you, bro. Thanks, James. Thanks, Good buddy. Day. Bye. <laughs> He's always good to have on. The Jamie Stevens episode will. <laughs> what the? I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna wear something different next there's, week. There's so uh, Marissa's, Marissa's on. Thought there was a friggin' train coming behind you. What the hell? Where did that come from? Warning, Jamie. Do you need to get to the basement up there? Is Canada under attack? I think Canada's under attack. Get to the basement. Uh, uh, what did you guys piss off Greenland or something? I mean, what, what's going on? Oh my god! There's so many good. There's so many good clips well, out of this guys, episode. We, we are we are definitely by the fans for the fans, and and that was our that was our attempt at a. I believe that was our two minute warning drill. Yep. Is no, that, I don't think it was. Is that what that was supposed to be, or is there literally a train behind me? Uh, we we do oh, have some, warning drill. Yeah, we do have we do have some stuff. Uh, uh, we got some stuff lined up for several of the shows. We got our hundredth episode coming up here, uh, September thirteenth. Uh, so we got all kinds of stuff getting ready to happen on the show here, guys. So this is our two minute warning. We got something special next week when it comes to our two minute warning. Uh, James, uh, Tom, we'll let you kick off the the two minute warning here. That well, you know, we'll let the next 72 hours play out. The roster will be settled in. There'll be a lot of speculation, a lot of questions answered, but a lot of the guys we like will be back. They'll be back in that locker room just on the practice squad. But a little bit of a frustrating weekend. Uh, no NFL football, but uh, the guys were at work. I, I was, I really liked the question Coach Taylor answered after the game from Dave Lapham, which was, you know, have you been putting anything in on the Steelers? And there was a long pause. And, and from what I read, a bit of a smile from Zach. And he said, we're always watching everybody. So um, there is not overconfidence, but I think uh, they know what they need to do, what they want to do, and, and they're already working on it. So I can't wait for a week from Sunday. And everybody enjoy your Labor Day weekend. And uh, we'll kick it over to Jamie. Um, I, okay, I don't, I want to do this because I'm just going to end up being a part of the intro, but I'll, I'll give the fans what they want. Are you ready? Let's do ready? it. See it. There we go, baby. That's wow. it. See the stretch marks? That's from being fat right there. You see those? <laughs> there you go. Take me off full screen. I'm done. Like my last episode. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. Marissa's on next week. I'll be back next week. Two weeks. Uh, She's on two weeks. Oh, is it two weeks? Yeah, man, you guys really want to keep me around. All right, I'm here for two more weeks. <laughs> yeah, I just nice made day. season four intro, unfortunately. You did. That you sucks. absolutely that, did. That sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I follow that up, but um, I guess we'll get to, uh, go to our uh, charity here. And, and Tony sent us a friendly reminder: thirty-two hundred dollars raised thus far for the Make a Wish Foundation. If you want to buy a duck, go to uh, the social media channels. By your duck, the winner will get um, two lower-level seats for the Bengals game at New Orleans. So go to the social media channels, do that. And once again, thank you for uh, Tony and Kerry and all their hard work on this. And uh, we'll have a segment coming up as we delve a little bit deeper into Season 3 here that uh, talks about our charity efforts. We'll give you a running total of where we're at on that. And um, excited for the year. So um, we'll touch on it in the social media leading up to Week 1 maturity that we'll have at um at the Steelers game on, on 9-11 and again thank you uh Tony and Carrie for all the work. Yep. 
as let's keep building on that uh, a little bit, guys. I'm going to try to do this real quick. I'm going to try to share my screen uh, if I can make it happen here. So I think that amount that Tony's doing there, that Tony showed, it's it's. I think that equates into 64 ducks. We are only uh, going to do, in, in this duck race, um, 100 ducks. So we're at 64 ducks. We have seven more days. Next, next Tuesday, Tony will be on. Uh, with the Make Wish Foundation, uh, kind of introducing them, letting, letting, explaining to you uh, why we did this and what this this charity is about. We're, our goal is to get to five thousand dollars or a hundred ducks, uh, and we're already at uh, sixty-four. You guys have been amazing. Uh, we kept going back and forth how we should do this duck race. Uh, this is a these two tickets that Tick Pick has provided to us free uh, for this this charity fundraiser. Uh, these tickets are amazing, man. We're talking. I think it's section one twenty-four. Row 15 and 16, lower bowl. Uh, it, they're going for about 800 to 1,000 bucks uh, total uh, for those two tickets. So almost a $1,000 package of tickets right there. So uh, if you don't want the tickets, you can still donate uh, to, to the charity to, to help get us to our $5,000 goal. Guys, there's so much stuff we want to share. We're going to have a segment on the tailgate. We're going to have Tony on. We have another surprise for you. We gotta, we're going to have a tailgate segment uh, that we're going to introduce you to here soon. Uh, we got some other people kind of helping in and around uh, what we're doing. So we really appreciate you guys being with us. Pat McAnally just texted me again and, and apologized. Uh, he will try to get back on with us. And uh, as we appreciate it, this is the last uh, the last weekend coming up uh, without, uh, without uh, Bengals football. So make sure you spend some time with friends and family, get to church Sunday. It's probably the last Sunday you'll be in church for a long time until football season's over with. But we'll see you guys uh, next Tuesday night. Good day, guys. We love you. Good day. Good day. Good day, guys. Cheers. See you next week.